Somebody say amen. That's good stuff. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Let's get our Bibles back open. Proverbs chapter number four. Proverbs chapter number four. And uh, last Wednesday night, we took the one little phrase from verse number seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. With all thy getting, get understanding. We dwelt on that, getting understanding. A lot of people going after a lot of things in the world. And uh, wise people go after things that are most valuable. Amen? And that's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We want to jump right back in where we left off. We'll start verse number 8 tonight. Father, I ask for your help. And I yield myself to your spirit. Just speak through me. Give me the words to say. Let me be a blessing to your people. Teach us and grow us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 4, verse number 8. If you got your Bible, say amen. amen. All right. Maybe you don't have a King James Bible. It's what we use here, of course. I would encourage you, if you don't have one, you can get one. And, uh, and uh, that way you can follow along word for word as we read the Scripture together. Uh, but maybe you can lean over and look near somebody or uh, uh, and share with somebody. But everybody, if you as much as possible, looking at the Scriptures uh, tonight. Let's get back up a little bit as we get our context. Verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Now notice that verse number 6, her, she, her, she. We're talking about wisdom, and wisdom is personified. For example, we say, uh, we talk about Lady Liberty, right? Lady Liberty. And, uh, and uh, she's uh, immortalized uh, there in New York Harbor, but she stands for something. She stands for values, and values of liberty, Right? And so in the same way, God uh, personifies wisdom in the Bible as a stately lady and one to be admired and loved and cherished. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom of all thy getting. Get understanding. Verse 8, here we go. Exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Now let me again give you the three primary characters of the book of Proverbs. You have the wise man, the foolish man, and the simple man. Now, quick definitions for you. A simple man is the one who doesn't know what's right. He doesn't know. He's not been taught. Nobody ever uh, sat him down and said, Son, we don't do that. That's not smart. You're going to ruin your life if you do that. Never had that. And more and more people, listen, fatherlessness is done as much or more I think next to no-fault divorce has done more to hurt this nation than any other single thing. So many kids are going, nobody to teach them. Nobody to teach them. But a, but, but a simple. There's nothing wrong with being simple. There is something wrong with staying simple. Something wrong with staying simple. And uh, But uh, this person just doesn't know. They don't know. Th- then you have the, the, uh, the foolish man. That's the one who knows what's right and wrong. He does wrong anyway. He don't care. He just does wrong anyway. Then the wise man, of course, is the one who knows what's right, and he does what's right. He follows through and, and does what's right. And, and by the way, you might as well be a foolish man. Uh, 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 the Bible said this, a simple pass on and are punished. 
it's like breaking the speed limit. You go down there and they, and they get pulled over and they say, man, I didn't know what the speed limit was. He said, well, it's posted. I'm sorry you didn't know. You still get a ticket. That's what Brother Hamilton, Brother Hamilton tell me about that. I, I don't know what that's about. You know, that's what he says happens anyway. But uh, so uh, you, you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, having the knowledge alone and not acting on it. That's what makes you foolish. It's one thing to be simple. It's another thing to be foolish. And so those are the three main characters. And he says again in verse number 8, Exalt her, Lady Wisdom, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Uh, in other words, to, to exalt wisdom. If you will exalt wisdom, if wisdom will, will, getting wisdom, applying wisdom to your life, if that will take a higher uh, uh, grow in your estimation. More important to you. Exalt her in your own mind and heart. Lift her up. Brag on her. If you will exalt wisdom, she'll exalt you. Too many in our society are seeking promotion and exaltation by acting the fool instead of by wisdom. Now, just because you get this... Everybody, People want to get noticed. People want to get recognized. I, I, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I look sometimes look at people. And I say, you know, you're an attractive person. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you mar yourself as you have? And of course, I would, I've never say that to a person, but I've thought it so many times. You know, the devil makes a fool out of us. He makes a fool out of us. And we, we do something. What do we do? We're trying to get noticed. Trying to get noticed. Uh, I think it was 20, it's been a little over a year ago now, but uh, uh, they call, uh, uh, my understanding is they called it the Devious Challenge. And through uh, uh, TikTok challenges, kids were going in the bathrooms at the school, tearing the sinks off the wall, tearing the urinals off the wall, Busting lights out, stuffing a bunch of stuff down the toilets, uh, 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 mess up the plumbing, mess up. Now, they got noticed. They definitely got noticed. Got a lot of hits. Yeah, and also lost your opportunity ever to get a scholarship. And when you go to get a job one day and someone spins around in their chair and goes tick, 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 tick to your name. You'll find all that promoting that foolishness gave you didn't really put you in a good place. You know, you ought to think before you sinned. How many kids their lives have taken pictures and said things and 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 then? But once you go out there, guess what? There, you don't get it back. Oh, I shouldn't have sent that. It's too late now. It's out there. But the Bible says wisdom. If you'll exalt her, she'll exalt you. You know, I was thinking about this. Some of our young people here in this church and that have passed through the halls of this church were exalted by wisdom beyond their years. This summer I went with several of our young men out visiting their bus routes with them. And I watched them interact with people twice their age. Pray with adults. Seek counsel. Here's somebody in their 30s asking counsel of an 18-year-old young man. You know why? Because he's a wise young man, that's why. 
You, you, you won't be promoted in life. Walk in wisdom. And you know what? You will be exalted. Somebody told me somewhere, I've always just went to school. They, uh, I don't know. I hope I don't get this. I hope I don't <laughs> I hope I say something I'm not supposed to say. But I think, if this is not true, don't interrupt me because it's a good illustration if it's not true. But I think before some of our kids even got to college, some that was spoken of, maybe they could be in, in management at their jobs. Is there any truth to that? Okay, thank you so much. I didn't think I made it up. Uh, but anyway, I just, I don't know, I don't have all the details of that. But anyway, that, that somebody hadn't even got to the job yet. And the job was already saying, I wonder if you'd consider being in management or something. Now, listen, you, that's the kind of promotion you want by being wise, not by being an idiot. Not by doing something foolish or the latest thing. I mean, people have done so many things to their bodies if you go down that road and you start going down that path to get attention, where where will it stop? Ah, it grieves my soul. I'm not ridiculing. I'm truly not. It grieves my soul. Verse number nine. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. A wise young person will be graced with a certain dignity and respect that fools will never enjoy. There is something, listen, there's something about chastity. There's something about purity. There's something about res- being respectful. There's something about, you don't use uh, profanity. You speak actual, you, you speak well. You actually have a vocabulary where you don't have to say D this, F this, S that to get it, to actually communicate. You can actually communicate with actual words. It is so unusual anymore that people take note. Now, young people, listen. Be wise. Be wise. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. Now, the world says there's shortcuts, but the shortcuts don't, don't take you where you want to go. You do it the old-fashioned way. You be respectful. You work hard. You say, yes, ma'am. You say, yes, sir. You go to work on time. You, you, you do your work and, 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 and be clean and be decent. And don't mar your body up. And guess what? You'll be exalted. People will naturally look to you and say, I don't know how many times, how many, many times, Brother Hampton, have we take a load of young people somewhere and a total stranger walk up and say, that's remarkable. How many times has that happened? Over and over again through the years. You know, that's, remar- that's a remarkable group of young people. One man told us one time in a restaurant, he said, I didn't know there were teenage boys still like this in America. He was a Vietnam veteran, retired from teaching. And watched our boys just eating a meal. And he walked over to the table. He said, I didn't know there was young men still like this in America. Now, I don't know where he was teaching school, but evidently it wasn't too good a place. But the fact of the matter is, uh, let, let, let wisdom promote you. Verse number 10, hear, O my son, and receive my son. How many times over and again the prophet, please listen, 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 hear me, hear me, listen, listen. Young people learn to listen. He says this, the years of your life shall be many. You'll live longer. You'll live longer. Just July was an article, July, you know, last month in Yellowstone, three people gored by bison. I've been to Yellowstone one time. You go in there and there's signs. How many have been to Yellowstone? Do not approach the bison, right? You've seen those? What do people do? i got to get me a picture. <laughs> and they wind up with a hole in them. Two, three, four thousand pound beast. Anyway, listen, learn to listen. 
Verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. That word straighten means a, a tight spot. There's a street in Damascus, still there, by the way, the street called Straight. That's where Paul went when he was, uh, after he got saved. And uh, it means a tight spot. We say, uh, we say it this way, between a rock and a hard place. Straightened in a tight spot. A lot of people in a tight spot tonight. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. At verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. Now, young people here tonight, listen to me carefully. Young people here tonight, you are without excuse. You are without excuse. You have been taught right. You've been taught the truth without apology. When God speaks about in verse number 11, the way of wisdom, He's he's not talking about a season of life. He's talking about a way of life. He's talking about a way of life. Now, young people, things you've learned as children and as youth, make it a way of life. Honesty ought to be a way of life. Respect for authority ought to be a way of life. Clean living ought to be a way of life. Going to church faithfully ought to be a way of life. Listen, don't become enlightened when you turn 18 or 19 and now you're smarter than mom and dad and you're preacher and everybody else. You, you know this is a way of life. Don't let... And I'm going to repeat. Uh, youth pastor. Brother <laughs> Fugit's youth pastor. William Davis. I'm going to repeat what he said at camp last summer, the statement. Some of you remember, you probably know what I'm going to say. Here's what he said. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Here's what he said. He's preaching to our young people. He said, young people, do not let your teen years be the most spiritual years of your life. Isn't that a great statement? Do not let your teen years be the most spiritual years of your life. Look. Yes, if you're here, you've got an abundance of rules. Your mom and dad have rules. You're, if you're in the school, your school has rules. You have rules in the Sunday school, rules. That you, you go on youth activity, you have, rule, uh, yeah, you have rules. We are not trying to keep you in a box, kids. We're trying to keep you safe until you can grow enough in wisdom where you don't need a bunch of rules. You've got enough sense and wisdom to say, I, I can do whatever I want to now and go wherever I, I want to because I don't have all these rules, but I have learned the wise thing and you make the choices on your own. That's our goal. We don't, we don't want you at home the rest of your life. We, <laughs> we got some weepy moms around here. Uh, We want, listen, we want you to grow and mature where you make those decisions on your own. Those wise decisions. If you're an adult here tonight and did more for the Lord as a teenager than you're doing for the Lord right now, before you go to bed, you ought to find a place tonight and weep a while. Adulthood should build upon the foundations that were given to us in our youth. Should not be a departure. Wisdom is a way of life. By the way, if it gave you a great youth, why would you leave it? If you loved your youth, the world don't have any better ideas. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. Verse 13. Take fast hold 
of instruction. Let her not go keep her, for she is thy life. Hey, let me comment on one word, verse 12, sorry. <laughs> when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. When thou runnest. Listen, if young people, here's a thought I want to give you on this. If you forsake the wisdom that you've been given as a young person, there's going to come a time in your life where you really want to make progress. Now, you may not, you may not, you know, yeah, hey, hey, all the gang's all here. You know, it's fun, fun, fun. I don't mind that. You're immature to a certain degree in your youth. We understand that. But there's going to come a time in your life like, you know what? I want a house. I want a career. I want to make some money. I want to do something. I want to get out of bed before 11 o'clock in the morning. You're going to want to make progress. But the Bible said here, those who forsake the way of wisdom, into verse 12, thou runnest, when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. The implication is those who forsake wisdom, when they run, they keep running into obstacles. What are those obstacles? The obstacles they put in their own path because of their foolishness in their youth. Verse number 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Uh, let her not go keep her, for she is thy life. Your lifeline throughout your whole life will be the principles that you learned in your youth. They, uh, she is thy life. Take fast hold. Let her not go. Keep her. She is thy life. Um, you know the things you've learned here is youth will one day save your marriage. One day save your job. One day perhaps save your career. One day save your financial integrity. So take hold of them and don't let them go. Verse 14. Enter. Now I want you to, I want you to, if you mark your Bible, I want you to mark six things here in verse 15 and 15. Six ways to avoid temptation in these two verses. Number four, uh, verse number 14. Enter not. There's number one. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not. There's number two. In the way of evil men. 15. Avoid it. There's number three. Pass not by it. There's number four. Turn from it. There's number five. And pass away. There's number six. You know what God is saying all through those verses? He said by a, a half dozen different ways. Just stay away from temptation. Stay away from temptation. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, all right, here's how you pray. Lead us not into sin. No, lead us not into what? Temptation. temptation. The wise Christian doesn't just stay away from sin. The wise Christian stays away from temptation. Do you know there's places as a Christian you don't need to go? Why would a Christian need to go to Atlantic City? Why would a Christian need to go to New Orleans? Why would a Christian need to go uh, Las Vegas? Why did you go? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, look. Hey. Have you ever found yourself somewhere? And after you got through, you're like, you, 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 felt, you, you thought to yourself, I don't have any business being here. You ever been there? What, what in the world am I doing? And um, I was uh, I was reading one of Brother Howell's books today, and um, 
the list of men who put together the um, who put together the committee for the New King James Bible is really a hall of fame of Baptist church builders. Uh, Chris Will, there's a whole bunch. Of, I should probably should start naming names. But anyway, just a, a list of men who were just very prominent, greatly used of God, and uh, built uh, numbers of them built great churches. And uh, the chairman of that committee I was a very extremely wealthy man. Called Dr. Howell and said, uh, "We'd like you to be on the committee of the." Uh, some of us we've got a, a group of Greek scholars, this and that, and we want to update the Word of God, and we want to do it right, and we want to be true to the Word of God, and we want to produce a new King James Bible. And he said, uh, I, "I can't be on a committee like that. You don't need to do that. What you need to use the one you've got." It's, it's perfect. It's fine. Just like it is. It's preserved. And you, it, this is no good what you're trying to do. Well, listen to this. That was that. About some months later, he got a call. And said, some of us pastors are meeting together and gave an entirely different reason. <laughs> said nothing. He, I don't remember what the reason was. He said, some of us pastors are meeting and we'd like for you to be in the meeting. And gave pretense as to why they were meeting. And so he said, certainly. And he went, and Dr. Rice was there. Dr. John R. Rice of the Sword of the Lord was in the meeting. And after a few minutes of being in the meeting, he realized, he saw the man at the head of the table, he realized what had happened. And so he went and sat down next to Dr. Rice, got his pad of paper out and started working. He said, I was planning my next, uh, next spring program for the church. These men were talking, talking, talking. There's, there's his hero right next to him, Dr. John R. Rice. <laughs> talking, talking, talking. And after several hours, the moderator said, said uh, Brother Hines, you haven't said a word yet. What do you think of all this? He looked at him and he said, you know exactly what I think. I think you men are doing wrong. What you ought to do is shut this committee down and every one of you ought to go soul winning. None of you have any business being here. I was brought here under false pretense. And then he turned to his hero he said, Dr. Rice, with all due respect, you don't have any business being here. Dr. Rice said, you're right. I resigned the committee. <laughs> and they left. Now, let me ask you a question. When you got in that spot where you knew you didn't belong there, what would you do about it? What did you do about it? Well, you know, well, you know. The Bible said, lead us not into temptation. The wise Christian just doesn't avoid sin. The wise Christian avoids temptation. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Luke 11, verse 4, lead us not into temptation. Luke 22, 4, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Luke 22, 46, why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. You know, I remember Dr. Treber several years ago. We were at the pastor's conference there. Brother Ken, I think you and your wife were with us at that conference. But I, I think that's why I heard Dr. Jack Treber, pastor, one, well, pastor of one of the greatest churches in America, old-fashioned, independent, fundamental, soul-winning, separated, King James, Bible-believing, Baptist church, right in the middle of the Silicon Valley. Google's down the street this way. Microsoft's a few blocks away. That I mean, I'm talking about... 
a very affluent area. And uh, by the way, they find him over and over again during all that debacle last couple of years. But nonetheless, he is a he is a it's a strong church, and and he is a delightful man of God. And pastor of that church, I don't know how many years. Brianna, you have any idea? She graduated from the school out there. Where's my niece? There you are. You don't know. Uh, uh, he's been there a lot of years. <laughs> I don't know how many years, but uh, Dr. Trippers in his mid seventies and still. Almost 50 years? Thank you. Almost 50 years past in the church. Listen, maybe four or five years ago, we were out there at the meeting. You know what I heard him say? Listen to this. This is a man of God, one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest pastors in America. You know what he said? He said, I never watch television without my wife. He said, I don't watch television without my wife. He said, if I go to a hotel... I take the remote control. I go downstairs to the desk. I say, I won't need this. He said, maybe that's why he's been a faithful man decade after decade after decade. Because he doesn't just avoid sin. He said, I'm going to avoid temptation. A couple years ago, I read an article mocking uh, Billy Graham for his personal... Now, now, I'm not on the same page with Billy Graham on everything, but this I respect about him. He would never ride alone in a car or have a meal alone with a member of the opposite gender. He wouldn't do it. He said, oh, that's not a sin. He never said it was a sin. The Bible doesn't say it's a sin. But the Bible does say avoid temptation. And the Bible says avoid the appearance of evil. And he had enough sense to know... That he didn't just need to avoid sin. He needed to guard his testimony for the cause of Christ. I would say whatever you want to say about Billy Graham. Nobody has ever leveled an an immoral accusation against him. Why? Because he didn't just avoid sin. I like that. I like that. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. Where are we at? In the Bible? Oh, uh, yeah, a place we're going to stay away from. Verse 15 there. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Number 16. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. You know, there's two main enemies in the Bible. The young man's two main enemies in the Bible are number one, the strange woman, and number two, the foolish man. You'll see that all the way through the book of Proverbs. The strange woman and the foolish man. And the Bible said, these folks, they will not sleep except they've done mischief and their sleep is taken away. Now, young people, you mark my words on this. Some strange woman or foolish man is going to try to get you to fall. Not if, when. That's the world we're living in. It's going to happen. i got to use another illustration of my former pastor, Brother Hoss. When he was uh, just a young man, I think it was, I don't know how old he was when he went to the Army, but he had never touched liquor. The senior night, it was on a triple date, on the senior night after he graduated, and, uh, and a bottle of liquor was passed around the car, and he said uh, he put, took the bottle in his hand. Started to put his lips. His dad was a drunkard. Put the, started to put the bottle to his lips. And the man, something pierced his heart. And he threw the bottle. He said, take me home. Take me home. 
And they laughed at him and said, well, you want to go home to knit or crochet? What do you want to do? He said, don't matter, just take me home. And when he got home, his little mama was praying by the wood stove. He came in the door. He said, honey, did you do anything bad? He said, no, mama. Almost did, but I didn't. And she cried and wept. God answered her prayers. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. When he went to the army, everybody around him was drinking. Everybody around him was drinking. And they said, you're going to drink with us? He said, no, I don't do that. He said, no, you're going to now. You're in the army now. Everybody drinks in the army. He said, no, no, I don't. He said, yes, you will. A group of his buddies and an officer, an officer said, I am your commanding officer, and I command you to drink this liquor. He said, with all due respect, sir, I refuse. He said, we'll make you. They pinned him to the ground and literally tried to pry his jaw open. But they couldn't get it open. And he never put liquor to his lips. Can I tell you something? Somebody somewhere wants to see you fall. And somebody somewhere will try to get you to fall. And you're going to have to have some dogged determination and some conviction. And what your mom and dad want for you, what your pastor want for you, is going to have to somewhere along the line become your own personal desires. I just want to please the Lord. I don't care who thinks what. I just want to please the Lord. They sleep not, verse 16. Verse 17, for they eat the bread of wickedness. And drink the wine of violence. That's their that's their life. That's that's what sustained. That's their food and drink. I was telling the kids a little while ago before they went out soul winning. I said, "You go in a house, position yourself where you're not looking at the screen." It, it, it's incredible to me. And going in people's homes and soul winning and so forth. It just blows my mind. People turn a box on and they just they. It's like it, it's there's no restraints. They turn it on just for noise, I guess. And it's filthy. It's just filth. And I think it, they're like, you know, that's bad for anybody, but you got kids in here. And that? Hello? But it's just like, that's just, there's feet on that all the time. Young people, listen, if you're not spending any time in the Bible and you're spending hours and hours, if you're on average, if you're on average, you're spending five, six, seven hours in front of a screen if you're an average teenager in America. Unbelievable. But if you're this and this and this and this, 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 come up here and say about it. I'm not on any social media, and I don't care if you are or not, if you use it with wisdom. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not. Tell what you told our kids about TikTok. He loves TikTok. That's why I want him to say it. You remember what you said to our kids? You don't remember what you said? <laughs> he said he loved TikTok. That's what he said. Uh, there was something about you can't control what comes to you or something. You remember that? Yes, no? Okay. Say that. <laughs> so uh, TikTok, Instagram, any of those, you just friend somebody. When you subscribe to whoever it is that you follow, you have no control over what they post. And so anything that they post on their feed then shows up on your feed, and you have no control over that. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, you, you, you follow somebody, they put something junk off there. How about unfollow them? They say, well, they, 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 they'll, they'll think I don't like them. Ooh. 
How scary is that? Just because it's your friend doesn't mean you, if a friend brings disease into your house, you don't let him just is this is your friend? No. Your testimony is more important than that. Your effectiveness for Christ is more important than that. All right. Thank you. Verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The way of the wicked is all is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You know, um, it's like a picture of a, a sunrise. And I love this sunrise. Don't you love the sunrise? In the Bible, it says the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more. I just picture like the sun coming up. And you know, there's just a little sliver of light there on the horizon. And this is your path. And it seems dark. Is this the right way? Is this the right way? I, I hope it is. And it gets a little brighter. And then, hey, I think maybe this is the right path. And a little brighter, pretty soon it's full noon sun. It's like, wow, this is the, this is the right path. That's the way the path of wisdom is. The path of the foolish is just the opposite. All lights and sounds. I remember going in. I used to, uh, when I was uh, six months, I drove a pickup and delivery route uh, in uh, downtown Chicago. And uh, it was just a 28-foot straight truck and I'm back into alleys and so forth like that and going back doors a lot. And I remember having a pallet of uh, silly string. Not a pallet. It's about six boxes of silly, six cases of silly string. And I'm in, I'm in this at this back door, and it's an inside delivery, so I roll it in, you know. And, and I get in there, I realize this is a like a like a disco or something, some kind of a. It was dark and psychedelic colors and things, you know, painted on the walls, and and there was an area there where liquor was served. And I'm not trying to be crude. This this is going to be a little crude, okay? I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just being frank. It smelled like urine. It stank. It was dingy, dark, just concrete floors, walls. And I remember thinking, what is attractive about this place? Take away the lights. Take away the boom, 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 boom music. Take away the sweaty, uh, 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 half-clad Bodies, and guess what you have? A rat hole that stinks. Nasty. And I guess the silly string is, you're like, I don't, I don't know what they do. I'm not sure I want to know. I just, that life, listen, that life gets darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. My son, verse 20, attend to my words. Please listen to me. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Take it to heart. Pascal said this, human knowledge must be understood to be loved. But I submit to you that divine knowledge 
must be loved to be understood. Young people, this book will not open to you until you love it. When you fall in love with the truth, then the truth will yield its fruit to you and its bounty to you. You don't need, you don't just need smarts. You need a love for truth, a love for wisdom. Fall in love with wisdom. Oh, the pleading. Let's read it again, verse 20 and 21. Listen to the pleading. My son, attend to my words. Please listen to me. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Take them to heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. They are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. I'm reading right now a book. And, and it, uh, it correlates to our physical health with spiritual truths. There's some fascinating things I'm learning. Fascinating things I'm learning. The Bible said a man goes after a, 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 goes after a harlot until a dart strikes to his liver. You know what I learned? You guys know this, a hunt. If you hit if you hit it here in the heart, he's not gonna last long. You hit him in the lungs, he's not gonna last long. You hit him in the liver, he'll bleed internally. But he won't even feel that much pain. But if he continues bleeding, he'll finally bleed out and die. It's a slow death, not as painful. A man that goes after harlots has a long, slow death ahead of him. Like a dart through his liver. Would you like to know what hepatitis B and C are, which are by and large, transmitted through promiscuity, liver disease. How about that? You go after Harlot, the Bible said, you're going to have a dart through your liver. Kids, the healthy life is the clean life. It's the clean life. You know, they want, we want to give our 12-year-old girls this shot. I don't want to go too detailed on that. We want to give them this shot. Because you know, you know how you know how kids are these days. Oh, I know how kids ought to be. I know you don't give my kid that shot, because well, you know that it, 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 it's a, it, it presumes promiscuity, and thus they need this shot to keep them from getting cancer down the road. Uh, because they after I mean all kids are promiscuous. No, not all kids are promiscuous. There are still some God fearing, Bible believing, Christ honoring. Young people in this nation. Amen. And the safest life you ever live, young people, keep yourself clean. Walk in hope. Don't you be ashamed that you don't fool around and neck and pet and smooch and hold hands and all that garbage for you. Don't you be ashamed of that. You say, you know what? You say, well, I can handle a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. If you say that, you have already you have already gone further than you really wanted to. If that's your attitude. You've already had to deal with guilt. Best thing to do. The Bible says it's good for men not to touch a woman. What does that mean? Not touch a woman. First Corinthians 7. That's good for men. You just keep your hands to yourself. Really? Yeah. It's called a safe path. Shines more and more into the perfect day. It's healthy. Health to all their flesh. 
Amen. Last verse here. Let's do look at verse 23. We'll close here. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The word keep there means to guard or garrison. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Guard your heart. That's what he's saying. Guard your heart. Know where you are in life. Know the vulnerabilities of your life stage and guard your heart. Be diligent about it. Work at it. Be vigilant. The Bible said, for out of it are the issues of life. Life flows out of the heart. I I mentioned some of this at our orientation the other night for your parents at school. Life issues are heart issues. And the issues of life flow from the heart. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think on and what you dwell on will affect your heart and the condition of your heart. And from that, all the issues of life flow from the heart. Every life issue is a heart issue. So how do you guard the heart? You guard the heart by guarding the mind. How do you guard the mind? Right here and right there. Man, I'm... I think I told you this. I'm sure I have. I don't know, two months ago or something. I went to the restaurant and washed my hands. It was a nice restaurant. Went in and washed my hands. And I just was like, seriously? You know, if it's not real loud, you go into a restaurant and people and muffled noise, you know, people talking and clanking this and that from the kitchen and so forth. You don't really, you're hearing it, but you're not, you don't get what they're saying. You go in the restroom where there's no other noise. It's just the speakers and music. I went to wash my hands. I was like, "Do what? This was not a, this was not a bar. This was not a disco joint. Disco joint. I don't know what the, what's the equivalent to a disco joint. I don't know. That place I took those silly string boxes. It wasn't one of those. This was a rest. This was a nice restaurant, and it was. I'm talk about filth. There are families in this restaurant. There are little children in this restaurant. I just, how in the world do people get used to listening to that kind of garbage and filth through the the, the music waves and television? How in the world? There's a better way. There's a better way with a clean mind and a clean heart where you're not carrying around filth all the time. Marriage issues, those are heart issues. Work issues, those are heart issues. Financial issues, family conflict issues, friendship issues, behavioral issues, mental health issues, job stability issues, personal purity issues, identity issues. Those are all life issues, and they are heart issues. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God's saying this, you be diligent, you work at it. Hey, Dad, maybe there's some work that needs to be done at your house. I have found this in my life. 
But you know what? If, if Sometimes you get things straightened out, and he's like, boom, straight as an arrow. And what happens? It just drifts all by itself, doesn't it? Right? And you have to go back and say, nah, I, 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 let's clean this up. And you get it all, you know, like it ought to be. And and then and over time, you're not diligent about it. And it just drifts. And you're like, we, nah, I, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Can you identify there? All right. Maybe there's some work to do at home. Say, hey, we, don't, we, we don't need this. We don't need this. This is not good. This is not healthy. Guard those ears. Guard those eyes. Protect your mind. Protect your heart. Amen. Father, thank you.